I'm Charles Morris at haventoday.org. Changing lives, line by line and verse by verse. The Way, 101.1. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome into Signs of the Times. It's our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. Today is November 20th, 2020. This will become episode 149. For those of you podcasting on Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher, hey, thanks for subscribing and listening to Signs of the Times on your schedule. Uh, We like being able to make that available. Pastor Mark Kirk, our senior pastor at Calvary Knoxville on the other side of the glass, that one day you'll be able to see him Yes, in the future. That's right. Part of our plans, the Lord willing. We'll have cameras. That's what, right. Yes. What is it? Uh, how, how does that go? Um, man plans the ways of his heart or the, and, and God, God orders directs, his, his steps. Yeah. directs his steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got plans. We'll see what the direction is. And all you're going to be shocked. I can't believe he looks that way. I thought he would look so different. <laughs> Everybody said, well, I hear your voice. I see like, you shouldn't look that way. You know, nobody would yeah. imagine they're only three feet tall and bald. <laughs> That's right. And so it's a shocker for so a lot of people. Hopefully that will be a 2021 uh, blessing that we're working on uh, next week for those of you that listen every week and we appreciate those of you that reached out to us wanting to know where we were last week yeah it's my fault <laughs> well it's uh you know pastor mark taking the blame i was um but next week is thanksgiving week yes and if you're a signs of the times listener uh over the years you know that we are not on the friday after thanksgiving why because we are going to be consuming turkey that's and, right and according uh, to this statistic pastor mark the total of turkeys consumed on thanksgiving day do you want to take a crack at oh, i can't it? even imagine it'll be probably less this year but i can't even imagine 46 million wow turkeys 46 million turkeys 46 million i wonder turkeys. how much that'll drop this year with all the people that are fearful and the encouragement yeah. not to get together i don't know you know, i, I would encourage know. people to be thankful regardless you yeah. need to be thankful to god and you need to give god a day of thanks and praise on that day regardless of what you decide to do for your family you need to do that be thankful to god don't let anybody take that away but i wonder how much uh, turkey that's going to take away well i don't know but if you're going to gather Traditionally, like you do every year, chances are that you're going to consume up to 229 grams of fat. Wow. And that's about What's three normal? to three that's three to four times the amount of fat you should eat in a day. Oh my goodness. But isn't it great? Oh, it's good. I it's can't delicious. Wait. Bring out bring on the yes, fat. Bring on the fat. I can't wait. I can't wait. Bring on the fatted turkey. That's right. And I like ham myself. I'm not a big turkey person on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I like the ham. Yeah. Well, I'm a ham ham's guy. good. Ham's good. I'm a ham I, guy. I, I still like I like both. Yeah. But I do love the turkey and yeah. I like, you know, the dark meat, the moist. The moist. Of course, unless you give me the white meat and some good gravy so I can yeah. moisten it up. I'm a moist type guy. I don't like the dry stuff. Do you like the stuffing? I love stuffing. Now, do you like traditional stuffing that came from the bird? Traditional, not but from any the box. kind. No, any okay. kind, but I love traditional, and I also love the cranberry. I mix it. It's like candy. I get the turkey. I get the cranberry. I get the. I eat them like all together. I just love it. You I like, love it. You like the sweet and the tart and I the do. bitter and all the sour it, and all, all of it, it. All of it. I love it. I can't wait. We're going to have a, a feast, and I'm excited. Well, we certainly hope that if you are celebrating Thanksgiving, you take Pastor Mark's encouragement and to celebrate uh, and gather with your family. That's what the design is that you will be blessed as well. You've got mail. This week, though, we've got some listener questions to answer, and we do encourage you to send us your questions at thesigns.org, and we'll get to those uh, not this Friday, but if you're listening now and want to send them, we'll get to them on our next broadcast. Uh, Pastor Mark, our first question is from uh, one of our listeners, Mark. Okay. 
And Mark wants to talk about the rapture as uh, as it uh, concerns Matthew 24, right. verses 40 through 44, and Luke 17, verses 34 through 37. Yes. And he says, My wife and I always thought these verses were referring to the rapture of the church. However, they heard a couple of pastors speak on these verses recently, saying that they may be talking about the sheep and the goats. They say the bad people are going up to be judged, and the righteous are staying on the earth for the millennium. Give us your thoughts. It's a great question, and I want to say, first of all, there are really, really very respectable scholars on both sides of the issue. This is one of those two schools of thoughts thing. I want to say that, Mark, I agree with you and your wife. I lean toward this being the rapture. However, I do know there are, as I said, reputable men who say it's otherwise. Let me explain what happens here uh, when the Lord comes back, and then we'll back into why I believe it's the rapture. When the Lord comes back, that is the sheep and the goats. A lot of people confuse the sheep and the goats to being the final judgment day. You know, the great white throne when all people will be judged. That, that is not what sheep and goats is. The sheep and the goats is the second coming. And, and when Jesus comes in the second coming, he will gather, the Bible says, the nations that are remaining on the earth after the great tribulation, he'll gather them together and he'll separate the sheep from the goats. And you'd be saying, wait a minute, how could there be sheep? Because the rapture already happened. The way is, the, ra- the reason that is, is many people miss the rapture. Many people get saved after the rapture during the great tribulation. Revelation says multitudes get saved during that time. So they'll be here on the earth. Many of those will be put to death by the Antichrist, but many will not be put to death. They will make it to the very Somehow end. Somehow they'll survive. They'll survive. Then you have the unbelievers who are not threatened by the Antichrist. They're just trying to get through the Great Tribulation, which is you know just as bad. And they've taken the mark. Exactly. And so it, when Jesus comes back in the second coming, the Bible says he will gather the nations before him there in Jerusalem. And, and the Bible even talks about the landscape changing. Uh, it says that the earth will rise up. It'll be the highest mountain it would appear on earth. It's suddenly going to rise up. All the other mountains will be brought down, it says. The, the Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, will be brought up. It'll be made into a large platform, the Bible tells us. And I've not done the calculations myself, but reading other commentators that have, it's, it appears to be like 26 miles by 26 miles in size right there in Jerusalem. So it's going to change. It'll look very different. That's crazy, yeah. And, and he'll use that gigantic platform to gather the nations after the Great Tribulation, the sheep and the goats. Mm-hmm. And again, the context bears that out. We don't have time to go into the theological study of that, but the context bears out that that's when it is. Now, with that said... Um, he'll separate them and divide them. So some say that this is taking, like you said, the bad people there uh, to come and for to be judged and the good people enter the millennial. The problem there is, is that both are standing before the Lord, good and bad, the sheep and the goats. The Lord will then separate both. It says the goats will be cast into Hades. They'll be there in that holding tank until judgment day. The sheep, those saved after the rapture, and, and and are still alive up to the second coming, they will then enter into the millennial kingdom with us. Okay? So that's the setup. Now, with that said, if you read this, it says two will be in the field, uh, one taken, one left, uh, two women grinding at the mill, one will be taken, the other left. Watch, therefore, if you don't know what hour. Nobody will be left. Here, here's why I, be- I believe this is the rapture. Because those who say that this is taking one away for um, judgment and another one to be in the Great Tribulation, they're skipping the sheep and the goats. They're skipping the whole gathering of the sheep and the goats before the Lord because both will be taken. They'll both stand before the Lord. Whereas in this viewpoint where it's the millennial going in and some being taken away for judgment is they're just still, they're still in the field. They're still in their bed. They're still in their workplace, the good ones, so to speak, if that's true. And the problem is that's not what the Bible says. All will be gathered before the Lord for the, for the judgment of the separation of the sheep and the goats. So I personally believe I may be wrong, and I these probably a lot smarter men than I am standing in the other camp, but I still believe what your initial thought was here, Mark, that this is the rapture, because in the rapture, one will be taken, one will be left. One will be working, one will be left. One will be in the bed, one will be left. But at the second coming and the sheep and the goats, which is the other viewpoint of this, everybody's taken. Nobody's left. Everyone's taken. And everyone has to stand before Jesus in the separation of the sheep and the goats. So I have to lay aside the other viewpoint, and I stand in the camp that this indeed is the rapture of the church. 
Well, let me throw a monkey wrench into this, because when Jesus says there will be those that will come to me and say, Lord, Lord. Right. Didn't we prophesy? And he'll say, depart from me. Right. I never knew you. Okay. What At what point is that conversation Sheep happening? Sheep of the goats. Sheep so it's, 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 it's at that time. Absolutely. See, he talks about that. He says, when they stand before him, Greg, he says here, uh, they, 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 they're going to answer him. Yeah. And they're going to say, Lord, you know, when did we see you? Um, uh, you know, hungry and thirsty, and when do we see you and all this stuff? They're going to be saying, Lord, Lord. And at that time, what we're getting other details, they'll also be saying, did I not serve you? Did I not do this? Did I not do that? So they'll have all their excuses. But he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. See, that's what amazes me, because if, if, if what we're talking about there is at the end of the Great Tribulation, and he's making the separation, and people are coming to him at that time and making those statements, and he's saying, depart from me, I'm thinking of the context of the Great Tribulation. Yes. I'm thinking about the persecution that if you're not a Christian, you're not going to pretend that you are. Yeah. I mean, that's the part that amazes me. I'm not saying that it's not true, but I'm just amazed because the condition of the world at that time would be like, man, if you're if you're declaring your Christianity, if you're declaring that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, at that time during the, that period, that could very well cost you your life. Yeah. So your 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 salvation would be, you know, sure. Yeah. And but, you wouldn't you wouldn't play around. So that's but that's here's what amazes why. me. Let me okay, explain yeah. why, Greg. Right, remember, what is the remaining um, religious? group or mindset once the rapture takes place do these people that are still here think they're saved or do they think they're not saved what is in other words will there be a remaining church but not the real church will there be a remaining religious movement after the rapture hmm. the answer is yes yeah a one world religion probably headed right. up by the pope and the catholic yeah. church now again i just want to say to the, the catholics listening i'm not saying there aren't saved haven't haven't oh, been yeah. saved popes or saved catholics that's not my point i believe there are believing catholics but it appears from Scripture, if you read Revelation, that the representation of the church that is left behind is going to be the, the Catholic Church, the worldwide church led by a worldwide leader, if you will, the Pope. So, again, they're going to think they are saved. I don't know what they'll be thinking when they see everyone else gone. I'm, that'll get to the next question because right, we're going okay, to address some yeah, of that. Yeah. But the bottom line is, Greg, what does the Catholic Church do? They are based on doing okay. good works so when they're the only ones here they're going to be doing this doing that doing that and then when they stand before the lord and the sheep and the ghost i say lord did we not go to mass this much did we not do this did we not take clothes for the needy did we not he's gonna say depart from me i never knew you wow. it's not about what you do in your own yeah, efforts yeah. it's what i did on the cross and that's all that matters wow but nevertheless man that not a statement you want to hear the Lord say in response no, to you. No, you do not. And that's why, listen, again, if you're here right now and you don't know that you know Christ, make sure you make that commitment. Don't get into religion. Don't get into works. Confess your sin. Give your life to Jesus. Believe in his blood and do it now so there's not a question on that day. You're going to be in the kingdom. Yeah. Well, that question from Mark provides a great segue into the next question from Josh, uh, who wants to know about those that will be taken during the rapture. Uh, he says, my question is, do you think it will be a high number of people taken during the rapture? Many of my friends and family think that they will be taken during this return, but I have a more pessimistic view on who will go and think that the number of those taken is far less than most would like. And then he lists several scriptures here uh, that supports what he calls his ideology regarding this, which Pastor Mark has, but you'll speak to it in summary. Yes. What do you make of all this? Well, it's a great question. And again, these are common questions that are out there, and there's two viewpoints. Um, let me just say this. There's more. There's actually kind of wrapped up in more than just saying there's two viewpoints. I, I would Again, I don't know exactly for sure, um, Josh, where you're coming from exactly. I know where you're coming from in your question, but I don't know what scripture. I would assume you're talking about Matthew 25, the parable of the virgins, where it says there were ten virgins invited to a wedding. Five were ready. Five were not ready. The five that were ready, they went to the wedding. The five that were not ready did not go to the wedding. Uh, I know he didn't mention that at all, but I'm saying I assume that's his mindset because I can't, I can't think of anywhere else you would get that. I'm sure maybe Josh will, Josh will correct us later, but this is the people that I've run into that have this question. It comes from Matthew 25, and it talks about the five virgins that weren't ready. And so mm. everybody else went in, a much smaller number, 
and the others were left out, half of them, and they thought, we thought we were getting in, but they weren't ready, so they didn't get in. And that is, some people believe, and they may be right, uh, my wife stands in this camp very firmly, that there will be believers left behind that won't go in the rapture. My wife believes that. I don't agree with her. She does. I have believed that in the past, and I wouldn't be closed off to thinking about that again, and it's because of Matthew 25. Here's why. I've gone back and forth over the years. Here's my point. She believes, and many believe, that if you're not walking with God and you're not living for God when it happens, you're going to miss it, and it's represented in the five virgins that get left behind who had no oil in their lamps. Oil in Scripture represents the Holy Spirit. They were not filled with the Spirit. They were living like the world. Therefore, when God came to get his Spirit-filled church, they were left behind. Now, I, at this point, personally believe that every believer will go when the Lord comes back in the rapture. But even if every believer, Josh, does go when the Lord comes back in the rapture, it doesn't mean it's going to be a large number of people. Um, the, when Jesus gave the parable of the seeds being planted, you know, it would appear of the seeds that were planted out of the 100%, only 25%, it looks like really even knew Christ. So of the 100% of people who say they're Christians, there's probably only about 25% that really even know the Lord. Yeah. So... I would say there'll be a small number that goes, but worldwide it would be a larger number. And I can tell Greg's died to say something. So let me finish this and I'll finish because uh, we'll get back to it. Um, I, 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 I can explain why I think there wouldn't be a shock at large numbers being gone if it is going to be larger numbers. Greg, what's your comment? No, I was just thinking that Matthew twenty two fourteen kind of potentially opens up Pandora's box for the Calvinistic mindset and understanding choice here. Um, but how so now? Well, to me, it's many are invited. Well, I mean that the whole world's invited. John three sixteen, right, of course, the whole world is invited. Right. Uh, to, for me, the parable me the parable shows that. Right. Be- because because until the bridegroom comes and gets you, and yep. if you're not prepared for yep. the wedding, which means you have to have been in a relationship to be prepared. Right. As Jesus tells us how to be prepared right uh, anyway i just well, well i just for, think that those things kind of go yeah but see to me hand. yeah but to me for many called and few chosen that's anti that's choice right exactly yeah, yeah. That, yes okay i see what you're, I thought you were trying to say the other that lack of choice but that's no, choice no, right no. there um because again, because they made the choice not to have their lamps exactly. filled with the oil exactly. which of course there's symbology there that would be a whole teaching yeah. but yes so there's two phases to this question greg and the first one is um, I want to say that, that I do believe that all believers will go when the Lord comes back, although there are legitimate, I think, arguments to be made that some believers could be left behind. I don't stand in that camp, but I, you know, the people that I respect do, and, and even I think some very great scholars that stand there. And I actually have gone back and forth myself over the years. I can't say that I'm right, but I believe that everyone will go. So getting to your next part about, okay, will it be a large number, and, and you know, how, what would the world do if they saw a large number of people disappear? There are several explanations for that. If this coincides with some type of world war or some event like Ezekiel 38 and 39, where there are indications in some parts there could be a limited nuclear exchange, we don't know that, but if there is, that would explain large numbers of people disappearing. See, in America, we have larger numbers of believers. If there was a nuclear device or two that struck in America, God forbid, and I'm not saying America is going to be destroyed by that, I'm saying if that happened, you would have large numbers of people disappearing instantly, and nobody would even, everybody would know why they're gone. They would say it's a nuclear device. If God timed that rapture at the same moment that happened, nobody would suspect anything. And if you're talking about different parts of the world where battles, battles are happening, again, there may be some countries that have questioned, but it would be the countries that get the most attention. Yeah. You know, that, that really right. um, uh, would, would you know, have the questions. Well, and to Josh's point in 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 summary in terms of he thinks the number will be less josh that can be true when you take in the apostasy of the latter days and that there will be a great falling away so there will be i guess you could say maybe people that had been in the sheep pen that were pretending to be sheep and were really goats and kind of separated themselves out well through that apostasy and so when the rapture happens they, you know what I mean? There wasn't that relationship there with the Lord. I'm just, you know, trying to look at that well, you know, and look at when it talks about that the road to destruction is wide where many will follow. Yeah. And, and, the, and the gate 
to heaven, to salvation, is, is narrow and few find it. That's right. No, I think it is going to be a small number. I think really, if you do a summation of this, Greg, I think it's fair to say, I would agree with Josh. I think it's going to be a small number. I was breaking it down within that small number of some possibilities. Yeah. But here's why I do believe it will be a small number that leave. Again, remember, if you took 100% of the people who say they know God and think they do, the Bible very clearly says there's going to be a massive amount of deceived people. Right. We talked about it in Matthew yes. 25 where they yeah. said, Lord, Lord, did we not? He goes, Lord, Lord, I never knew you. Right. So, And then we go back to the parable of spreading of the seed. Remember, 25% took root and really took off. Mm. Another 25% took off at first, but it died quickly because it didn't have any root. There was rocky ground. Then the, then the other group had no fruit because the, the weeds came up and choked it out and all this. And when you work through each of those, you find that the only guaranteed group that I can see that you can guarantee new Christ in that was that 25% that had the good soil. Now, you can make theological arguments for the others, but the only guarantee I see is about 25% out of the 100% that the Lord gave us the picture of those who are claiming to know God or have seeds that have been planted. If that's the case, that means 75% of those who think they're going are not going. Yeah. And that means it will be a very small number. I think a lot of people are going to be shocked when they find out the rapture has taken place and they're still here. And I think that many of those are going to get saved, Greg, after that, because now the real commitment comes. Well, and also, too, you know, small is relative so if if you said 60 let's let's say there's 60 million christians in the world right i don't know if that's a fair assessment or not well they claim there's 60 million in america okay all right well let's just take america let's not even worry about the world for a minute let's take them now take 25 percent of 60 yeah exactly that's still it's a very small that's not a hundred but that's not a hundred thousand people no, and if you take what there's, I think there's now. That's a lot. It's a lot more than just like right. what we would. Th- that's what I mean. The word, the term "small" is relative to the statistical is. comparison. Well, look yeah. at worldwide. They're saying we're getting close to eight billion. That'd be two billion people disappearing if if yeah. they were. But that was that would be saying that all eight billion says are Christians. Right. But then let's say that yeah. out of that amount, let's say only one billion are Christians. Yeah. And then you take um, the claim to be Christian, then take 20 cent of that, 20% of that 1 billion or 25%. Yeah. The, I guess the bottom line is, Greg, I do believe it's going to be a very small number that goes, but I do think that all that know the Lord will go. Yeah. That kind of sums it up. Fair enough. <laughs> well, Josh and Mark, thank you so much for your questions. And if you've got questions like Josh and Mark, just visit our website at thesigns.org and click questions. Yeah. And all the ways that you can send us your question can be found right there. Okay, for the time that we've got left, Pastor Mark, uh, this just in from The Blaze, dated November 19th. What's today? The 20th. So this yesterday. was yesterday. Yes, I, yes. This was yesterday. Uh, the title of this article is The Trump Legal Team Claims National Conspiracy of Voter Fraud Will Be Proven in Court. We are not getting political. We are looking at the prophetic future, depending on who gets in office. Yeah. And, and the mystery of lawlessness yeah. and lawlessness abounding, which is a prophetic turn of events in the yeah. latter days and i think this is going to have to bleed into the second half greg i think okay, we that's have fine. no choice there's that's too a, that's much okay. this may you take start, the whole you start, show you start it and all right we'll continue yeah. you start it, you better finish it right? that's right you better finish <laughs> let, let me explain first of all why this is even being brought up again this what's happening right now politically in america because america is so pivotal in the world scene i believe is going to be a barometer for us is as to what the timing is of God prophetically for the world and the Antichrist. So this is focusing on, is God going to allow the Antichrist to move forward and do this globalism unification of the world? Or is God going to continue to restrain, as the Bible says he restrains, because God has been using, whether you like our president or not, and whether nations around the world like America or not, God has been using our current president and our nation to restrain the move forward of the Antichrist and the global takeover of the world. Why do I say that? Well, not just the opposition that our president has to it with this America first stand, but the fact that America is the only country with the size and the power and the influence to hold back this global unification. And we've been doing it and we have a president that's been doing it. So if this president really is out of office here in a couple of months, I believe you're going to see this global movement move forward at a steady pace. Now, how quickly? I don't know. I'm not saying overnight we're going to have this whatever. But the Bible says there will be a 10 
nation conglomerate that will come together. I think they're already in place through the UN. I think if America gets out of the way, you're going to see the push to let's unify this. And it's interesting, Greg, because the global cry of the of the global government is this. It is um, destroy the current economy and build back better. Now, that's interesting to me that the global community says build back better. That was uh, Joe Biden's campaign slogan. Build back better is the global mantra that they've been saying. We want to do away with the current economic situation, get away from the dollar, get away from the economies of the world. And literally, the goal is make everyone poor, socialize the world, socialism. Yes. It's, it's just basically to do socialism to make it fair. Is yeah. what they say. Put that in quotes. The whole world be socialized. And once we do away with the, the um, capitalistic style economies that dominate, we will build back better so the very slogan that that uh, joe biden took comes from the globalistic mantra and what their plan is so what's interesting about that to me is that if america's out of the way you're going to see this thing i think move forward unhindered and how quickly it can go i don't know here's where the article you brought in greg and i'll at least have time to hit the article and then we can jump into some of the stuff at the beginning of the second half Trump's lawyers challenge reporters claims who claim there's no evidence of widespread voter fraud and let me just say there's huge evidence. I've been very cautious to say anything about this, and I've tried to keep any type of opinions or emotions out of it, but the more homework I do, there was huge voter fraud. This is not a conspiracy, and there really is solid evidence. Now, where that's going to lead, we don't know yet. Um, they have sworn affidavits in various lawsuits uh, undertaken by the campaign will show fraud not only took place, but was so voluminous that Vice President Joe Biden's victory uh, will, was illegitimate and will be overturned in court. And I quote, there's not a singular voter, there, uh, the, again, the Democrats say there's not any voter fraud anywhere, and yet the evidence that um, Giuliani and his team have, I mean, it's undeniable. Again, we'll talk about some of it in the second half, but it's truly amazing in what's happening here because we have states where... Um, you went to bed at night when the voting was to stop at 8 o'clock, and President Trump was as much as six hundred to 700,000 votes ahead, for example, in Pennsylvania. They stopped the voting mysteriously, and when it reopened, you had about a million votes added for Joe Biden. Statistically impossible. You had the same thing happen in um, Wisconsin and um, um, Georgia. And some of these other states, and now they're, again, I know they did the Georgia recount, and it came out the same. Well, that's to be expected because they didn't go in and verify the signatures. In other words, there wasn't really any true verification of the votes. They just recounted what they'd already done. So uh, you, you can expect the same result. Arizona now is getting close. They're thinking Arizona may turn. Here's my point. And, again, we'll look at more of the uh, details and statistics as we get into the second half. It actually looks like. President Trump not only won this election, but in a landslide. And again, this is not this is just from the facts I'm seeing now from the homework I'm doing. Um, And literally the software and the computers used changed votes, which they had the evidence to show happened. And I mean, the irregularities, it is it is massive and it's only in the Democrat run states. So. What we've got going on here, it looks like, is not mankind, not political, although they're involved. I believe the spirit of Antichrist is at work. And from a prophetic perspective, he is making an end run that is so large and so it's so much bigger than anything we've ever seen that you almost can't believe it's true. But the more I see, it appears to be true. And I believe if God lets this happen. From a prophetic viewpoint, we may be on the very verge of a one world government with 10 nations ruling socialism worldwide and basically the sudden appearance of the Antichrist, which means the rapture, I believe, will be before that. And if that is the case, we are so close to the return of the Lord. Don't be upset about what you see happening. You can be upset, but realize the Lord's in control, and this could be a reason to be very excited. 
we'll see what happens. Well, and I would also encourage our listeners, uh, don't stop praying. Absolutely don't stop hey, praying, because this know, is very wrong what happened, but let's see what God's going to do. Hey, when Jesus said to ask, to seek, and to knock, in the language, it infers keep asking, right. keep seeking, keep knocking, keep praying. That's right. We'll be back with more as Signs of the Times continues right after this. W-I-A-M-L-P 101.1 FM, Knoxville It's Crazy Money Day Hey, I'm Chuck Bentley with my money life from Crown Tommy Hilfiger's estate in Greenwich, Connecticut came on the market for $47 million It was purchased for $31 million in 2010 then renovated and updated (laughs) Now that's some house Many people are renovating their homes right now It's caused material prices to rise and created long waits for subcontractors According to Remodeling Magazine, you're less likely to recoup your investment in a major kitchen or bathroom remodel than you are to get back what you spend on basic home maintenance. Siding, roofs, and HVAC are essentials that buyers take for granted. What you'll recoup depends on the value of your house, your neighborhood, and the housing market. So research carefully. My wife Ann and I did our research and decided to make some basic improvements to our older home. We were shocked to discover that work could not begin for several months. Do-it-yourself projects increased during COVID. Sales at retailers like Lowe's and Home Depot skyrocketed, impacting the available quantity of supplies. Further disruption occurred because factories had to close. The insufficient supply caused prices to soar. According to the National Association of Home Builders, the composite price of lumber has increased by more than 170% since mid-April causing the average price of a new single-family home to increase by $16,000. I'm saving for the day I can make home improvements, and I wish the Hillfiggers the best in selling theirs. Home improvements can cause credit card problems. I recommend Christian Credit Counselors. They can create a debt management plan just for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline, 800-722-1976, or visit online at crown.org slash ccc. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. God wants inspiration and not perspiration. God wants us not just to be working hard, you know, with perspiration, sweating it out, but He wants us to be inspired by the Lord. He wants us to be inspired and led by the Spirit, not pushed, not prod. We need to be inspired by the Spirit. Because if God is in it, then there will be work, yes, but it won't be burdensome. If God is in it, then, man, we want to do it. If God's not in it, we need to get out. Simple as that. For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back everyone to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. These are the signs of the times for Friday, November 20th. The year is 2020. The episode is 149. The host is me, Greg, and the pastor is Mark. Hey. Hey. And we're glad to be with our prophecy peeps uh, here in our local area of Knoxville and in other states and in really other countries. So we appreciate all of you finding us via live stream and podcast in spending your uh, Friday afternoons or an hour every week with us. Before we get into other articles that we've compiled for this week, Pastor Mark's going to continue discussing what he left off the last hour, and that is just the current situation of who is going to be the nation's president, and it's really not about the person, but it's about the policies that that person is representing that will affect us prophetically yeah, the question the question really is where is god in in all this yes. process um god of course over all of it but i mean where is god in the process of putting together the one world government or holding it back right now the bible says he's restraining um and when he stops restraining in thessalonians it says once he removes that restraint uh it's going to move forward and so 
Is he going to remove the restraint now, or are we about to see something amazing happen, Greg? It is really, uh, I think the evidence is becoming overwhelming that there was a lot of, really, a lot of fraud in this election. And again, like I said, I'm very careful in that. I hadn't said a thing till now, and we're good, what, two weeks beyond or whatever, because I really wanted time to do my homework and make sure. I don't want this to be one of those, um, I don't like sensationalism, and I don't want to put something out there that I don't feel that I know enough about to say, and I'm, I'm certainly no authority, and we'll see what all the evidence is when it comes out. It really depends on whether the law is followed. If the law follows through and the Supreme Court takes this case, I believe President Trump will be our next president. Now, we know in the last days, lawlessness will abound, so that may not be the case. The, the Supreme Court may not even look at it, and uh, it may not get there, but it is truly overwhelming what's going on as far as the evidence. And, I'll, and this is only the little bit that I know, um, and I'll give you just a couple of examples. Um, for example, in, in every election in American history, whenever a, a, a senator has been elected or a congressman in that district, whether Republican or Democrat, if the, if the president of the same party is in office, um, it, there's never been a time where you had the, a dominant growing of one side and the president lose. That's never happened in American electoral history. And we saw the president lose and Congress grow in the number of Republicans. We saw the president lose and we saw it would appear, depending on what the, happens in Georgia, the same number of Republican senators remaining in power. And this is something that statistically has never happened. As a matter of fact, the odds of that happening when you have a, a Republican senator win and the president lose, the, the odds are astronomical. And again, it's never happened. But, Greg, he lost in some of these in one state, like by 50,000 when the Republican senator won. He lost in another state by over 100,000 when the Republicans won. It, it's just statistically impossible. It can't happen. And so everybody's going, wait a minute. This is impossible. It's never happened in American history in voting. And, and it can't happen now. So... Why is this happening and what's going on? Um, get this, Greg. In 353 counties, in 29 states, there were more votes than voters. Let me say that again to sink in for our listeners. In 353 counties, in 29 states, there were more votes than voters. Um, in with President Trump leading 700,000 votes at 8 o'clock that night in Philadelphia when the election stopped, supposedly, and they stopped counting until the next morning, Joe Biden got over a million votes. It's statistically impossible. Um, it, it's interesting, and many of our listeners have probably heard about the, the, uh, the computers, the software, rather, and the machines. This Dominion software that was brought in last minute, brought in by these Democratic states that used it, not everybody used it. Um, these machines and the software, Greg, were developed by Hugo Chavez in Venezuela. <laughs> I'm not joking. Now, this is the kind of stuff where if I didn't, if I didn't know, if I hadn't done my homework and didn't know this was true, Greg, I would say, here would be what I'd say. This is conspiracy theory. <laughs> here comes the black helicopters and tinfoil hats. But it's true. This software was developed, commissioned by Hugo Chavez to be able to manipulate elections so he could make sure he always won. In Venezuela, yeah. Yes. They took that software, Dominion, these Democratic states that are in question, and they brought it here. That's what they used in the election. Yeah. They used Dominion, which was created by Hugo Chavez. The machines from Venezuela and Canada were used. And in the software, there's a built-in 3% shift to the candidate you choose. So on the baseline, they're now showing the evidence of a 3% shift from Trump over to Biden in just initial. And usually that's enough to sway the election. Here's why they had to stop. And this is where Sidney Powell and, and Lynn Wood, some of these really um, reputable, I mean, we're talking about lawyers that have won, they have great stellar reputations on both sides of the aisle. Sidney Powell will not go to court if she doesn't believe she has overwhelming evidence. She's the one heading this up. And she's saying that it automatically shifted 3% of the votes over to Biden across the board in all those states. And they didn't expect such a landslide for the president. They thought that would be enough to do it. But because so many votes were coming in for the president, they had to shut down those states at, at, Closing time, they shut them down and didn't restart the count in Georgia and Wisconsin and in these areas. They shut them down so they could reset the machines 
for a higher percentage before the count restarted for the next morning. And they're showing the machines, numbers, and statistics. I mean, I mean, this is like they've got the goods here. So prophetically, this is a great example of lawlessness abounding. Yes, but what's amazing, what's great, when I talk about now the larger picture of the Antichrist being involved here, well, maybe he's not personally, I don't know, but the spirit of Antichrist, this is something that is in, it, it appears is involving a large portion of the nation and even outside of our nation. As a matter of fact, Sidney Powell says she has documents that she will prove in court that George Soros and the Clinton Foundation yes. actually uh, coordinated this with the states and made it happen. And, I mean, it, it's this is huge. Here's my point. In yes. This. Here's what it boils down to. Yes. And we don't have to take the whole time on it. Understand that the stuff I'm telling you, this is not hearsay. This is not conspiracy. This really happened. And they've got the goods that they're that they've already started showing in the first uh, conference yesterday. They released in the press conference yesterday, releasing these facts as well as some of the other statistics statistics that are getting out, such as the 353 counties in 29 states with more votes than they have voters. Again, the fraud is provable. It's not like oh, you're just saying you show that to a judge; those votes have to be thrown out. And what's amazing is. According to Pennsylvania law, no vote can be counted after 8 o'clock. Whatever comes in by now, if it's post-dated, if it's post-dated before 8, okay, you can count it. But anything after 8 is not countable. President Trump at 8 o'clock was six to 700,000 votes ahead. So here's my point. I believe if it goes through the proper channels and the law is followed, President Trump will be the next president of the United States. Here's where the question comes in. Will the law be followed? Will the Supreme Court take this up? If that's the case, it may not. But now here's the larger picture. The larger picture is we see a spiritual battle going on. Certainly voter fraud, especially on a large scale like this, is shocking. However, it's up to God. If God is ready for this global move forward, I don't care how many votes President Trump gets, he's going to lose because God's going to allow greater forces, which are the spiritual forces that are around us, Satan and the demonic realm, to manipulate the election the way they want to get the result they want to bring together the global government they want so that we can move forward with the Antichrist eventually stepping on the scene and, as the Bible tells us, ruling the entire world and at some point actually declaring himself to be God. That's what the Bible says will happen. And we know it's going to happen. So if it happens now, we need to relax as believers and we need to rejoice that we're moving forward in the end times process so that we can be that much sooner with the Lord. However, if the Lord is still restraining, I think you're going to see an amazing, shocking event take place. And there are some things that indicate the Lord may reverse this for this reason. I look at Amy Coney Barrett being put in. I mean, suddenly Judge Ginsburg passes, Amy Coney Barrett is put in in like a month or so, and now you have this Supreme Court that really is. John Roberts is, a, is really on the liberal side. He has been for a long time, so they've called it a 5-4 court. It's really been a 6-4 a, a, a court, um, you know, for, or 5-4 really for the liberal side. But now with Amy Coney Barrett getting in and the justices that the president has put in, it really is a 5-4 uh, conservative court and it's not just about one conservative one liberal who's going to win it's the people that are leading the supreme court now are constitutionalists which means they're going to follow the letter of the law and if the letter of the law is followed i really believe president trump will be our president if it's not joe biden will be but either way we rejoice keep praying for righteousness to to prevail but it means that if Joe Biden gets it. We're moving forward. Get ready. I think we're going to see more of the globalism begin to form. How quickly? I don't know. If President Trump wins, then God is continuing to restrain because we're the only ones holding this move back worldwide. And we're going to have another four years at least of seeing uh, kind of semi normalcy the way things are moving forward. Um, so basically put on your seatbelt because I think we're going to see some amazing things. And here's my concern. If if the president does end up being the victor, which I think the fraud will bear out if it makes it to court, if that indeed happens, I think you're going to see, you think we saw some unrest in the streets before the election. Wait till you see what's going to happen in our cities, in the liberal cities, after the election. 
And I think it's going to get very, very interesting in, in many, many ways. But again, the prophetic viewpoint is, what is God allowing? Are we moving toward the globalism now, or is there going to be a little bit of a delay toward the globalism? I really believe this, what God does in this election, Greg, I believe it's that pivotal worldwide as to what's going to happen. Because if it goes the globalistic route, it's going to start hitting the socialistic route. America will never be the way it used to be ever again. And we can grieve over that saying, we remember the America we used to have and how it was. But remember, our kingdom is in heaven. Our kingdom is not here. We have a, a, a home in heaven made without hands. So our focus, and maybe it'll, it'll help the church focus on the kingdom and not be so focused on the world down here, so to speak. But again, um, I, I have not written this off. I'm just going to say, I don't, Joe Biden is not the president elect. He's not been ratified as that. They call him that on TV, but the media doesn't proclaim who the president elect is. That's proclaimed by the states and the states have not ratified their electoral votes yet. It still hasn't happened. Now, Greg, I'm going to throw one last thing in that's wild. And then we'll move on to some articles for what we have left. The electoral votes traditionally and always whatever the vote count was they have followed that when they cast their vote the electorals come together each state has a group of elect electoral votes people that represent those elector votes and they cast their ballots in pennsylvania it is run by republicans and they are convinced the, not only the law was broken but there's mass fraud i doubt it will happen but it's theoretically possible they could appoint um electors that don't send the 20 electoral votes to Joe Biden, but to President Trump based on provable fraud, even if the Supreme Court rejects the case. Now, one last thing, Real Clear Politics, which is a very respected site on the electoral votes for the, a nation, they have now removed Pennsylvania and other states from Joe Biden in, in today's estimate, and they dropped Joe Biden from 290 down to 259, you need 270 to win. And so now they're saying, we have to wait and see, did he win Arizona? Did he win Pennsylvania? Did he really win these states? And that's what the court cases are going to bear out, because if they prove the, the fraud, which it appears they have the evidence to prove mass fraud by these machines, it's going to change the vote literally hundreds of thousands in these states, and it will give President Trump the victory, because... He had the votes. It just switched them. If they can prove this, he's our next president. So this is a big deal. And either way, if they prove it, we'll have unrest, I believe. If they don't prove it, I think we can also rejoice in that we're moving into the global environment um, without the hindrance of President Trump and our nation. And we may be that much closer to, to the Lord's return. So, again, I just wanted to share some of the facts that I found that are out there. Uh, the real facts, uh, a lot of them won't be out until the trial. But this this is not just people like wishfully speaking. These are reputable lawyers who have proven and have a reputation to not even take cases they don't feel they can win or have the evidence for that are saying it is so overwhelming. They believe by the time we're done, the president will have 400 electoral votes and 80 million national votes. Right now he has 200 and something and electorals and uh, i think 71 million actual votes they're saying he's going to go up as much as nine million votes by the time the truth comes out through the fraud and the readjusting of the machines we will see if this is true this is the largest scandal in american history it was coordinated in multiple uh, democratic leaders in democratic states if this is the case we'll see and, and either way we know this god is in control and for us, on the prophetic viewpoint, we, we, we share the facts of the world, but now we shift back to the prophetic viewpoint. This is going to show us, I believe, where we are and where the world is prophetically moving forward. And either way, these are certainly exciting days in which we live. And so there's my... Oh, you're ready. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Greg. I'm Greg, sorry. No, no, here's, here's, I, totally, I totally zoned out. I totally zoned See, out. See, I, 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 so, I am so riveting. Stop. My, my, when Here, I let's, speak. Let's play the music. Let's get, he we're can't, running he out hangs of, on every word. We're running out of time. I got to play the music. All right, America. This is from ChristianNews.net. A Christian research group is now saying that the U.S. is moving toward 
the elimination of a biblical worldview as the cornerstone of society. I don't think this is a newsflash. It's not, no. This is, you know what, I, I, when I saw this, I said, there's no surprise here. We've known this for a long time. However, it's interesting to me to see that it, it's so late in them figuring it out. I just wanted to talk about a couple statistics. As previously reported, the Center's 11-part study found that 69% of those, this is the part I want to bring up, Greg. I know we've fallen away as a nation. But get this, almost 70% believe that mankind is basically good. I really wanted to just kind of say this in a sad statement because here's the bottom line. It's a lack of teaching of the word of God. The Bible clearly teaches that mankind is evil at his root. We are evil. That's just the bottom line. We don't want to admit it. Even Jesus said to his followers, here's Jesus speaking to the 11 closest followers of God in the world. I say 11 because one of them we know was Judas and betrayer. But the 11 closest followers of Jesus Christ in the world in that day, and arguably in any day, Jesus said to them, how can you being evil give good gifts to your kids? If you do that, will not the heavenly father being good give good gifts to... Now, they weren't insulted. It wasn't him calling. They're not, you know, botting off bad heads. He was saying, by nature, you're evil. But by nature, God is good. And it's sad to me that a society, we've gotten so far away from the word of God that we now live in a society that thinks mankind is basically good. And the problem with that is there's multiple problems. But the biggest problem is if we think we're basically good, we're not going to be looking at our need to repent because we are basically evil and we need Christ. I can tell you who is not going to rule the world. According (laughs) if this is... uh, If Israel National News is correct, and that's Vladimir Putin, because Israel National News is reporting uh, that the Sun is reporting that Vladimir Putin is going to resign as the president of Russia. Yeah, interesting. He says that the president has Parkinson's disease and his family's putting a lot of pressure on him. Uh, They said that uh, they claim the 68-year-old Russian president's family has been pressuring him to step down. And I quote, there's a family that has great influence on him. He intends to make public his handover plans in January. Putin has served as Russian president for 17 of the last 20 years, first from the New Year's Eve 2000 to May 2008, again in 2012 to the present, also served as the Russia's premier in between his two terms as president. So this is a major thing. I know that God will have the person that's supposed to be there for the Ezekiel 38 and 39 battle with Russia and Iran, but we've always assumed it would be Vladimir. It may not be Vladimir, and we will find out. But again, interesting, and again, we you know be praying for him that he comes to Christ. That he would come to know the Lord. You know, a lot of times we talk about these world leaders, but again, remember, Jesus loved them and died for them. So if you think about it, pray for uh, Vladimir Putin to come to Christ. Uh, our next article, Pastor Mark, kind of fits in with the America, America article in terms of the changing biblical worldview. This is from jpost.com, reporting that government restrictions on religion have reached their highest level globally in 10 years. Yeah, and, and the reason, Greg, this was so interesting to me, and I want to point out a couple of words and make a comment here, because it talks a lot about the beast that Daniel saw, the fourth beast. It says authoritarian, let me emphasize that word. Authoritarian regimes are much more common among the countries with very high government restrictions on religion. That makes sense. Without God, sure. the enemy takes over. Yeah. In 2018, the global median level of government restrictions on religion, such as laws, policies, actions by officials that impinge on religious beliefs and practices, continued to climb, reaching an all-time high since Pew Research uh, began tracking in 2007, or 20, uh, uh, in 07. It is in its 11th report, Pew Research showed that even if the increase in government restrictions from 17 to 18 was relatively modest, 2017 to 2018, it still contributed to a substantial rise in government restrictions on religion over more than a decade, as well as a rise in the number of governments using force, such as detentions and physical abuse to coerce religious groups. This is why this is so important. Obviously, we know a government without God is going to become a more totalitarian, strict, and and harsh government. Um, because God is gracious and the enemy's not. So that stands to reason. But I've been noticing even the attacks on the church in America, Greg, they are harsher than they've ever been. They're firmer than they've ever been. They're more authoritarian. Even the governor saying in, in Washington this week, uh, you're not allowed to sing in churches. He passed a governmental edict. You cannot sing in church, etc. Now, this is harder than anything we've ever seen in our nation, but you're seeing it around the world. Here's my point. In Daniel's vision, he names all the beasts leading up. The first three beasts, you have the first four parts of the statue. Then you have a, a, a vision of it given in four different beasts. The first three beasts are terrible, but when he gets to the fourth beast, 
Daniel goes, and this beast was more terrible than the others. It was a beast of iron that had claws of brass. And iron and brass are signs of judgment and authoritarianism. My point is this. This coming world government, which again, I think we're feeling the headwinds of, and depending on what happens in this election, when it's all settled in this global government we're talking about, Greg, this last world global government that will come into power at some point, it's going to be harsher and meaner and more authoritarian than any government we've ever seen in world history, even more so than Hitler or the Roman government. Every government is going to pale in comparison as to what Daniel says it's going to be like, which means expect the headwinds to be hard-fisted, hard rules. You will be forced to obey, and if you don't, you're going down. And he will be so bad, he's going to kill people that don't obey during the Great Tribulation. Mm. That's what it, the Bible says is coming. Mm. And this really kind of, all these stories here in the second half kind of dovetail one into another. Uh, this is from um, uh, Breitbart. Is it Breitbart? Yeah, I always get that's correct. You're that. correct. Breitbart. It's Breitbart. Yep. Breitbart, uh, dated November 12th, Christians are still the most harassed religious group yeah. in the world. It goes right in line with what I was saying. It's because yeah. of the spiritual warfare. Yes. Christians are harassed in more countries than members of any other faith. According to a study by the Pew Research, uh, Pew found that Christians undergo harassment 145 out of 198 countries in the world, higher than any other single religion. Again, why does that make sense? Because Christians are the only ones who hold the truth. And so we're the greatest target for the enemy. Mm-hmm. All right, our last article that we'll have time for today is from Israel365news.com. Apparently, the earth is now pulsating at a rate that coincides with the name of God. This is really cool. How they figure this stuff out. This is really cool. Do you think, well, Well, speak to it and tell us if this is legit. 60 years ago, scientists discovered the earth is pulsing. They still don't know what causes what they call the micro-seismic events. Um, the, uh, it, it, they happen in 20 second or 26 second events um, that are separated again consistently. The rabbis are saying it is a phenomenon of the earth basically uh, speaking out, dancing out praise hey. for the creator, they say, which is interesting to me because, again, what does the Bible say, Greg? Uh, the Bible says that the earth groans for the return of the Lord. Listen to this. Um, there's no Darth, uh, again, they say it comes from volcanoes. I you saying no Darth, no Darth Vader. Vader. yeah. Well, it says there's no dearth, and I said okay. Darth. Uh, there's no dearth of volcanoes or beaches in the world. They, they say that it's either by volcanic activity or by oceans uh, lapping against the, the shores and hitting them, and it's causing these earthly vibrations. But the problem is it doesn't explain how it could be every 26 seconds consistently without, without error. It's almost like Old Faithful, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He says, we're still waiting for the fundamental explanation of this phenomenon. Uh, Mike Ritzwaller, a seismologist at the University of Colorado, Boulder, added, I think the point of all this is there's very interesting fundamental phenomena in the earth that are known to exist that still remain secret. Despite scientists being perplexed by the phenomenon, Bible scholars say they hold the answer in this. The 26-second duration of the microseismic pulse is explained in the gematria, which means the Hebrew numerology or God's name, spelled out by the Hebrew letters yod Hey vav Hey, which equals 26. Here's what they're saying. They're saying the earth every 26 seconds is saying the, Yahweh. the name of God. Wow. From the earth up to the name. So literally, the Wouldn't name of God sense? is going up. What does the Bible say? The earth groans for the return of the Lord. It's always like saying, come back, Lord, come back. I like, you know, I thought that, you know, kids that our kids bugged us, uh, but every 26 <laughs> seconds yanking on the robe. Are of we the Lord, there yet? Wouldn't that be great if we yanked on the robe of the Lord every 26 seconds and say, come back, Jesus, we need you now. And I just want to say wow. this as we're finishing, come yeah. back, Jesus, we need you now. I want to encourage our listeners. Look, if God moves in such a way that he's going to restrain the enemy longer and we see this election turn around, then you can rejoice that you've got more time to serve the Lord and do what God has called you to do. If God removes that restraining power and we see now this thing's move forward globally, rejoice. Join in with the earth saying, Lord Jesus, come back quickly because we're going to be there soon enough. And remember, for those of you that know the Lord, this is not your home. Your home is, in, is a city made without hands in the heavens. And that only comes through confession of sin and the blood of jesus christ and if you don't know the lord today i encourage you time is running out i'm not saying that to scare you i'm speaking a fact time is running out confess your sin to the lord ask him to forgive you of your sins receive him as your lord believe he died for you on the cross 
And the Bible says you'll be born again and you have your home in heaven. And you know what? There's only one election that matters, and that is that we've been elected to be in the kingdom of God with the Lord, and he's the one elected to rule and reign forever and ever and ever. So we want you in the kingdom. Amen. The articles that we discuss each and every week can be found at thesigns.org, as well as your way to ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question, listen to previous episodes, and subscribe to our podcast all the time that we have don't forget next friday we will be off for thanksgiving we'll be back with the following friday with more signs of the times joy and believing, satisfaction and contentment, peace and trusting. The source is found deep in the heart of Jesus. His love is overwhelming. His forgiveness is freeing. His promises have always been fulfilled. He cares when you hurt, responds to your needs, seeks you until you want to be found. Discover Jesus and experience a whole new world. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. I can be tough, but you make me stronger. 